Well, hey, everyone, and welcome once again to Shadow Self, the podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bearden, owner of Shadow Mind Mental Wellness. Last week, we discussed the two in relationships in our series, The Enneagram in Relationships. Now, this week, we're going to move on to the type three. And you might notice this podcast is a little bit behind. And interestingly enough, uh, President Trump was the type three that I was going to use as our example. And with everything that's been going on this week, I thought it would be fitting to wait and watch how everything played out before discussing it, because there's going to be a lot to take away from the way that the president and this country have a relationship. And watching both sides talk really shows you how divided this country is and how toxic a relationship can get. So with that, we're going to dive right in. We're going to um, talk about the type three. Now, the type three is your classic narcissist um, in the unhealthier levels of three. Um, In the healthiest levels, they're very self-confident. They're going to be your type threes are typically actors or people who are in the public spotlight. Not, Not to say all actors are type threes. I mean, you have all types that are out there. But the ones that seem to stand in the public eye the most and relish it are type three. Uh, Tony Stark, for example, in Iron Man, he's a type three. He loves to be admired. He loves to be adored by his fans. Now, he came out to say he was Iron Man. And if you follow superhero lore, every superhero has a secret identity. Up until Iron Man. Iron Man was the one who just didn't care. And that's because he wanted that admiration, right? So think of that in terms of President Trump now. President Trump, over the last four years, has shown us the scales of an unhealthy three. They talk about they talk themselves up almost constantly. They inflate their accomplishments in order to diminish their shortcomings. Because it, for a type three, they think the only way they're going to be loved is to be better than everyone, or to be admired, or to be the best. They're not the perfectionist, like the one. They have perfectionist qualities. They just want to be the best. They don't want to be perfect, and there's the difference. You don't have to be perfect to be the best, and threes understand this. For a three, that type of confidence can either be constructive in a way to sell your product or services to people, or it can be destructive, a way to put up a wall so people don't see your other failings. And for Trump, it's the latter. And then we have the rush on Capitol Hill. And so what we're seeing now is the real breakdown of a relationship. We're seeing what kind of toxicity right now exists in the relationship between the government and the American people. And it is a stark contrast. And we all are looking at things from our own perspective. And so reality doesn't exist, right? At least reality in the way that we... And so what we're, we're seeing on a, a national scale, one that we can watch play out, the four horsemen of communications... We're seeing criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. We're watching it all play out, and we have for four years. And what's fascinating 
to me is that people don't realize that a relationship can be greater than just a personal relationship we have with each other. A relationship can be our sense of community as well. So we as a people have a relationship with our government. And right now it's very toxic. And it has been for quite some time. Some would argue it would go as far back as the 1960s, maybe the, even the 1800s. Um, when we started, when, and this is going to turn into a quick history lesson, we're not going to jump on this, we're just going to highlight it real fast and move um, through because that's not the, talking about civil rights isn't the purpose of this podcast. But, but, that is not to say that the lack of civil rights did not have an effect on the relationship the people have with its government. And let me explain. So in the 1860s, was for America's first civil war. It was a big divide between the country because we we were then viewing uh, first it was the civil war in the 1800s to combat slavery and that at the end of it we never really got the full second kick up of uh, a second civil war because by the time everything started coming to a head again. The world was in chaos twice. So we enter two world wars. Then progress happens. Everyone's excited. It's like you realize that your relationship isn't great leading up to the wedding. And then the wedding happens, right? And everything is fantastic again for a while. And you're in love and the honeymoon phase is kicked into round two. And that's what progress was and the end of the world wars was. And then we move into the civil rights movement. And this reveals to us the issues that still haven't been addressed as a nation. We have brushed under the rug issues that we have brushed under the rug issues that we should have been confronting all along, but we distracted ourselves from them. And now they're worse, right? They're coming back. They're realizing we still aren't treated right. We didn't. We got distracted. Um, no, that's not the way to do that. And once everything settled down, the honeymoon phase was over. And everyone started looking around and realizing that nothing had really changed. It just got shiny new glasses for a while, right? Civil rights movement comes to a head. Then we move into the Nixon years. Then we move into the Reagan years, and then we move into the Clinton years, and then we move into the first Bush years, and then we move into the Obama years. So we think about this natural progression, and each instance of its own doesn't seem, each instance in of in each instance in and of itself doesn't seem that significant. But when you look at it as a whole, you can watch where it's starting to escalate all over again. It started escalating around the Clinton era, escalating into the Bush era. We started becoming a lot more vocal and a lot more critical, and we had a lot more opinions because now we had the 24-hour news cycle going. And now we could share our slant of the story rather than the story. We can give a lot more perspective, which you would think would be potentially helpful. But as you can see, creating this criticism, this environment, has only led to more criticism. And then that leads to contempt, the ping finger pointing. 
Well, you did this. Well, you did that. The defensiveness. Well, I had my reasons for doing this. And the stonewalling. And that's where we're at now. That's where we were at the last four years is we have hit such a critical mass of distrust in the government. And we've had such a critical mass of distrust in each other. And, and we fostered this. We've done this to ourselves, just like in any relationship. It takes two to tango. And we didn't wake up and realize what ha was happening either. And so we talk about gaslighting and we talk about narcissism and we talk about all these negative qualities, right? And they are negative qualities, but they're shadow qualities of the three. And if a three can see these blind spots, they can foster healthy relationships. They can come in with the confidence knowing that they know what they're doing, but they don't have to act like they know what they're doing, right? If they have that confidence naturally in those healthy levels, they come in and they just get the job done. They're leaders, just like the eight, although eights do it in a very different way. But a three is a natural leader. The downside of the three, though, is a natural leader needs to feel admired, needs to feel important, because they think the only way they're going to be loved is by leading effectively, right? Being looked up to, being a role model. And I think back to the West Wing when I talk about this. Because we have done, we have not done a good job of respecting the office of the president, and that's where a lot of the contempt comes in. And it's not that we should respect President Trump as a person. I'm not saying that, but there's a certain respect that goes with the office, and we we haven't really adhered to it. We haven't risen above. Everyone got upset over the Obama years, right? And that's where a lot of the turmoil began. And that's why it's easy for people to make the association that it's a racial issue, because that's what America has been facing since its founding is a racial issue. And so that has been our main underlying problem, just like every relationship has one, has one main underlying problem that we're just not striking. And America's was that. And so once we move away from Obama into Trump, who when he became president, was supported by white supremacists and other hate groups. Whether he disavowed them or not is not the point, because he did. We have recordings that he did. But what people are upset about is that everyone's still following him, even though these hate groups are entrenched in, in his political circles, either directly or indirectly. And so what we've done is we've made a correlation between him and the racist groups. Right or wrong, we've created our own reality. And so within that reality, there is truth somewhere. But reality is not truth. And that's something that we all fail to understand. It's something I fail to understand. Because reality to us is based on perspective. There's certain laws of reality that are observed that we can prove as fact. So there's truth in reality. But reality is not always truth. What would be more beneficial for us? since I'm not sure there's any kind of special counsel that can sit and mediate between the American people and the government, not one that would be trusted anyway. At least I wouldn't trust them. But I'm also a six, so naturally suspicious. And a six will go to a three. And that's why I can see a lot of these qualities, because while I do it through the lens of a six, there are some of these that I'm subject to as well and that I have to keep mindful of. It's a blind spot. And we all have them. We do. The problem is we're not very understanding or very compassionate. We're quick to criticize, we're quick to defend, and we're quick to become contemptful. 
And as we can see, that's only bred more and more trouble. And I'm not sure why we keep going down that route. Why aren't we trying more understanding? Why aren't we trying to view things from the healthier levels of our numbers? So when we're dealing with people that want to be loved and valued, the best way to approach them is to remind them that they are valued, right? That you you have they have qualities that you admire. And when you see people through such a biased reality focused lens, you've already tainted your view of them, right? And which is why reality isn't truth. Reality is just perspective. So what can threes do, though, um, to avoid this, right? So for type threes to grow in their communication style, they need to be more empathetic. Um, they need to be better listeners. And they need to let others give them feedback without it feeling like attacking their ego, right? Because once you feel, once a three feels like they're attacked, right, that ego has been shattered, their first reaction is to defend it. And so by listening and drawing that information into themselves and allowing it to sit with them rather than get angry about it, they can start seeing truth in themselves too. And the only way someone's going to change is if they want to. So uh, don't think that I'm sitting here saying we can change the president or we can change all of these people. No, we can't. They are the only ones who can change them. What we can do is understand how to work and communicate with them better. So the advice that I'm giving in growth is for type threes to recognize in themselves and want to change it. And what we can do for type threes is step in the mess with them, right? So when we're looking at a three from the outside, we're going to be quick to assess the negative aspects we're going to be quick to pick it out. We're going to be quick to judge. We're all quick to judge. That's what we do. Now, in order to overcome that, instead of focusing on the negative qualities, the failures, for a three, talk to them about the things that they have done well. Again, it's the sandwich method, right? So you want, just like the two, because the three and the two are close, right? The three has a two wing. So this sandwich method of of criticizing them will work just as well for a three as it will the two because you we're also in the heart triad so they're going to have a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions right so what we can do for them is go hey look i love the way that you stepped out of your box to solve that problem maybe i didn't like the fact that you shaved all the cats but it shows that you had initiative and that gets the same exact point across <laughs> Without saying to the three, wow, that was reckless and stupid and cruel, which is what you want to say with they, you know, shaved a box of cats, right? It's by approaching people with more love and understanding rather than criticism, we're fostering a better relationship with them. The same goes when you're a parent, right? You struggle with this because you want to be in charge. You want them to look up to you. And threes will struggle with this a lot, especially if their child doesn't look up to them. But threes have a great parenting style, right? They, they are always consistent. They're loyal. They're dependable. But they want their kids to be responsible. They want them to be successful. And so a three 
will dis- will struggle with success and family a lot, especially with time between success and family. So three, they'll want to succeed more than they'll want to be home. But they'll want to be viewed as successful, especially to other parents. So they have all of this going on in their minds at the same time. And so it's no wonder, and this is just a parenting example, but it's no wonder that a three will put up those walls and try and make themselves look better because they're juggling so much that they're juggling so much that they're fearful they're not successful at it, but they want to show that they're good at everything. They don't want to show weakness, right? And Trump so far is the same way. He hasn't wanted to show any kind of weakness, admit any kind of fault or wrongdoing. He'll shift the conversation. He won't say, like with Corona, I was wrong about, you know, it being gone by Easter. He won't say that. He'll just shift it and just keep moving the goalposts, which again is a classic narcissist tendency, which is why I said earlier in the podcast that threes are like narcissists. And so by understanding the Enneagram and by understanding personality, we can get further into these personality disorders and we help correct them rather than trying to find ways to medicate them. We can help people change and we can help people heal and we can help people grow. If the more we understand personality, the more we can evolve as a human, as a species. Anyway, so that's the type three. Um, if you want to see kind of how a type three unhealthy levels and toxic relationships want to play out, you're looking at it right now. You're watching chaos and destruction. You're watching division. You're watching contempt. You're watching criticism. You're watching stonewalling. Neither side's listening to the other. They're just shouting at each other, their side. That's the same as stonewalling. It's the same as the silent treatment because it has the same effect. That side is not being heard. And so when two sides aren't being heard, it's only going to escalate. And it has been escalating. And those of us watching has been saying this for years, and we're watching it all come to a head right now. And so anyone who wants to understand relationships and wants to understand how the four horsemen of communication work need look no further than CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, because we're watching it play out right now. And a lot of people are saddened by this. A lot of people are surprised by this. But there are also those of us who are encouraged by it. But there are also those of us who are encouraged by it. Because as anyone knows, in order to begin healing of a relationship, there's a lot of pain involved, a lot of anger, a lot of venting, a lot of frustration. We've pulled the cork out of the bottle, ladies and ladies. We've pulled the cork out of the bottle, ladies. We've pulled the cork out of the bottle, ladies and gentlemen. Now we just need to watch it erupt and wait for it to settle, and then the painful job of healing can begin. The problem isn't the fact that everything has been chaos right now. The problem is the fact we didn't step back to watch it descend into chaos. We were too stuck looking at the problem isn't the chaos. The problem is none of us stepped back while we descended into chaos to watch and think, why are we descending in here? There were some who did. They were in the minority. And it, it kind of reminds me of instances when you have a friend who's in a relationship, right? And you can see it from the outside and you're watching it. And you're trying to tell that friend, hey, look, this isn't exactly going the way you think it's going. And you know the friend's partner and you tell them the same thing. But neither side is listening to you. 
because they're both just so mad at each other that they would rather blame the other person than how they're treating the other person. And any attempt to make them look at themselves is met with anger and hostility because they're not ready to yet. And that's what we're watching unfold. That's what we've watched unfold over the last four years. No one's ready to admit who they are, neither side of the aisle. And that goes for citizens as well as politicians. We have to look at ourselves with a brutal honesty before any real change can take place. Otherwise, we're going to watch it fall. You have been listening to Shadow Self, the podcast with your host, Tim Bearden, owner and mental wellness specialist at Shadow Mind Mental Wellness, one of Thurvo's top 10 mental wellness businesses. Would you like to book a session with us? Visit our website at www.yourshadowmind.com and look under our coaching services to see what we offer. We also have Enneagram resources for kids on our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash yourshadowmind, you can follow us and see exactly what we have in store coming up for your kids surrounding the Enneagram. Hope everyone has a wonderful week and we'll talk to you soon.